few months ago, I asked Reverend Dion Hammond if she would be interested in being a guest preacher during our Romans series. And she was excited to do so and chose this weekend for the scripture from Romans chapter 12. Dion currently serves as the district superintendent in the Atlantic Central District. Many of you know Dion. She and her husband Craig were a part of our church from 1998 through 2002 when Craig served as an associate pastor here. And Dion was on staff while she was attending Asbury Theological Seminary, which is where I met her. Dion and I are in a covenant group together with six other amazing clergywomen, including Reverend Tamara Isidore, who you will meet in the sermon today. Tammy serves on the west coast of Florida as the pastor of Faith UMC in Bradenton. These are two of my favorite people, amazing ministers with deep faith, and I am so happy that they could be with us today, virtually. May God bless the hearing of their message for you today. Good morning, my name is Dion Hammond and I serve as the district superintendent for the Atlantic Central District here in the state of Florida for the United Methodist Church. And I'm standing by the Indian River this morning. You know, this is a place where I feel God's presence. During this time of COVID-19, it's been so important for me to get outside. And we often come down here, my husband Craig and I, and watch the sunset. And in those times, we get into some really good conversation. We wrestle with the questions that all of us are wrestling with, like what's going to happen to the local church once we move out of the COVID-19 season, or talk through the, the issues of racism and where are we on that, that scale of, of becoming anti-racist. In just a couple of moments, you're going to hear an interview that I, I'm going to do this morning with my good friend, Pastor Tammy Isidore, someone that's traveled with me in this journey of faith where we can have those good, honest conversations. You know, Jesus was all about having conversation, wasn't he? He would uh, have those conversations with his disciples, those really hard moments. And then there were those moments where I think Jesus really felt God's presence by water. Think about it. When he came out of the waters of baptism on the Jordan River, when his, his cousin John baptized him, he heard God's voice say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then it was from the shore that he called Peter, James, and John out of their fishing business to come and follow him. And he would make them fishers of all people. And then I think about when Jesus took water and he turned it into wine, the very first miracle at the, at the wedding of Cana. And then of course, he walked out on that stormy sea and he called Peter in faith to walk with him on the stormy waters. He also fixed breakfast for his friends, those disciples, after the resurrection on the shore as he was the resurrected Christ. All these moments where Jesus connected with his disciples by bodies of water. So Jesus and his friends were crossing the Sea of Galilee and they got to Caesarea Philippi and it was time for that really tough, honest conversation. And Jesus said to them, who do you say that I am? He was asking them for others who, who was God, who were people saying God was, but also who did they believe Jesus was? And in that moment, Peter says this, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Peter got it right. Can you imagine? He must have felt so great, but it was only short lived because then Matthew goes on to say this. From that point on, Jesus began to tell 
the disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go up to Jerusalem and he would suffer many terrible things. He was going to suffer the crucifixion, we know that. And that term that Jesus uses, that he, he began to speak plainly to his disciples. He didn't mince words. He was telling them the whole truth. He was being honest. It's in those moments when we tell our last 10%, if you will. You know, we don't hold back the uncomfortable conversation, the conversation that we think maybe people don't want to hear. Instead, we speak plainly. That's what Jesus was doing. One of my favorite authors, Brene Brown, she writes in the, her book, Dare to Lead, that clarity is compassion. Clarity is compassion. Think about that. When we're clear with people, or when we're clear as a leadership team at the local church, or when we're clear with our congregation about what's going to happen next, that's being compassionate. It's when we mince words and we don't say the last 10% when we're unclear that we don't respect people. Well, when Jesus said this, this is how Peter reacted. He said this, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand Jesus for saying such things. Peter said, heaven forbid, Lord, this will ever happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Can you imagine? Talk about plain conversation. Get behind me, Satan. Peter went from being the one that got the right answer to being the one who was actually going to trip Jesus up. You know, over the course of, of my ministry, I've learned something, that there's a difference between being nice and being kind. Kind is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Nice is kind of this wishy-washiness, if you will. Our churches sometimes are trapped in niceness. Nice is, can be fake and false. Kind is genuine. It's heartfelt. Nice sometimes can be cowardly. Kindness can be courageous. Nice is telling people what they want to hear. Kindness is saying the whole truth, the last 10%. Several years later, the Apostle Paul was helping the church in Rome. They were, they were a young church and, and Paul was writing to them of how to do life together, how to have those, those kind of last 10% conversations that Peter had with his friends. And this is what Paul said to the church in Rome. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Rejoice in our confident hope. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Great words from the Apostle Paul in Romans 12. How do we genuinely love one another? How do we show affection? How do we create harmony? Part of it is definitely having real honest conversation with love and respect and, and making sure we don't come into a conversation of, of, with a know-it-all attitude. How are you doing in honest conversation? How is your kind versus nice factor? Are you saying those last 10% kind of things to those people that you trust? 
that's how our church should be built with with trustworthy kindness and and being genuine over the last two months i've put together a team of of black brown and white clergy women here in florida and we're having those tough conversations about racism and where we are in our experiences of racism and where the local churches and those have been great conversations They've been hard though, listening to stories as well. And as I said earlier, one of my dear friends, Pastor Tammy Isidore is part of those conversations and she and I have done ministry together for a long time. And I, I invited Tammy to be a part of this message this morning so you could hear how real playing conversation has worked in our own relationship. Well, this morning I'm just welcoming Pastor Tamara Isidore from Faith United Methodist Church, and she is a dear sister in Christ, my, my friend. We have traveled uh, life together for the last 18 years and have gone to Haiti together to do ministry and have done ministry together here in Florida. And we are in a covenant group together. So we, we are in sisters in Christ sharing ministry in that way as well. And then Tamara and I, we share in uh, daily reading scripture and with another covenant sister and reflecting on scripture and then having conversation every week to hold ourselves accountable and to continue in our friendship. So I welcome Tammy here today. It's great to have you in this Zoom interview with me for our uh, for this message. So thanks, Tammy, for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's so good to be here. And I've been talking about this, con this the, the way Jesus had plain conversation with his disciples. He was honest with them about where the ministry was going. You know, uh, the passage of scripture that we've been working through is Matthew 16, and he talks about going to Jerusalem and what's going to happen next with the crucifixion. And they react, you know, and they're not they're not happy. And Peter, uh, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, you know, this, and, and it's very plain conversation. So I would just say, you know, we, you and me in relationship have had this kind of honest, vulnerable conversation over the years. And we're continuing in that. How, how has that changed your life? And how has that uh, strengthened your faith? And, and how is it even possible? Plain and honest conversation. Wow, what an example we have um, between Jesus and the disciples and also the many women around Jesus. For example, the Samaritan woman, you know, arguing with Jesus about water, you know, and uh, the uh, Canaanite uh, woman, you know, she was so distracted and she came to Jesus. And when Jesus tell her that it was not right to do this, and she said to Jesus, and their plain and simple conversation, it is right because she was desperate for the healing of her daughter. And we could go and talk about the Roman officer, plain, simple conversation from to a thousand plus years ago that is still going on today among ourselves, especially among you and my other covenant sister as we journey together, you know, and life is about plain and honest conversation because if we're not honest, 
then we're faking it. And there is no time for that today. Agreed. It, there really isn't. And, and we we're in really some difficult times with the pandemic, with COVID, and having plain and honest conversation at the local church level of what church is going to look like in the future and, and probably the changes we all need to make. It's not what it was. And then the other virus that we're dealing with of racism. And Tamara, you've been in a, a group of us of, of uh, black, brown, and white women, clergy women, be sharing honestly about different experiences of racism. And we're on this journey together. How has, how has the conversation in those vulnerable spaces helped you grow closer to Jesus? When we are in conversation and in relationship, we're talking about honest conversation with one another. It is there that we rediscover who we truly are. It is there that we are encouraged to grow. It is there that also not only we are being prepared, but we prepare others so that they in turn can uh, be engaged in real conversation because this new generation is longing for what is real. They will no longer accept what is not true. So um, when we are having these conversations, whether um, by the lake or um, at the beach or in the hospitals or in our cars or in the streets, wherever we are, this is happening where transformation is taking place as we are called to pass our faith to the new generation. And if you're not real, it is picked up very easily. Right, you and I are both, uh both mothers of millennial children. We have these adult children. I think all of our kids now are 20 and above. And uh, you have grandchildren and that realness. Uh, and that's who Jesus was, right? He was real with his closest friends. And I don't know, I think I can say this for both of us. It's hard to say the last 10%. It's hard to be really honest when maybe we think our, what we say is going to hurt someone else or offend someone else. And so how have you and, how have you and I journeyed in that place? And how, what, if we had to you know, give one tip or one um, suggestion to other followers of Jesus of how to be honest and real, what would you say? It's coming into that relationship, you know, where we know that we're not perfect. We are already accepted, you know, by God, praise the Lord, and also by each other. We don't have to pretend that we are what we're not. Like I, you know, I know you are my white sister and I don't have to be afraid to say that or go around that. And you don't have to be afraid to see me as your black sister because you know, that difference we celebrate. So we have to uh, leave the reality of who we are, 
where we are right now and what it is we are called to do in this world. Because when we realize, you know, the true um, of who we are, what, what is uh, asked of us, then we are not only receive the healing ourselves and we are free to forgive others and to empower that which we have received in themselves. I was talking with um, my six-year-old granddaughter and uh, she, we were in the car, the two of us driving, and she said, so Mima, God created this world and he created Adam and Eve, right? And I say, you are right, sweetheart. And she continues to say, well, um, Adam and Eve had children. I say, yes, they did. And she says, then we all come from that one family. I said, oh, you got it right, my dear. And she says, you know what, Mima? And I go, what? She says, we are all cousins in this world. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and what a big family we are. Once we understand that, you know, we can breathe. We can be ourselves. We can, we know already that we will make mistakes. We will say the wrong things, but we will not be judged. We will, we are already accepted. And that is the true freedom, you know, that you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That's it for me. And I did find that uh, with you uh, throughout the whole journey. You know, we can cry together, we can laugh together, and then we can pick up the pieces and continue on. Amen. We, we, uh, we call ourselves covenant sisters. And in that, that phrase of covenant sisters, it means that we have chosen to be sisters in Christ with one another. And I really appreciate what you said, you know, we'll, we'll mess up. We don't pretend that I'm black and you're white. We acknowledge each other's differences and we celebrate them. And then we know that we'll get it wrong along the way. And, uh, but I, I have always appreciated your, your willingness and your forgiveness and your love and your grace. And, uh, it has certainly changed my life. And of course, our ministry together, especially in Haiti. Uh, yes. You know, that's you know the big... key you have said, the key word here, we have chosen. Amen. God is calling each and every one of us, especially in this troubled time, to choose who so, will be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. So if there was any other uh, word that you wanted to share, uh, anything that God has laid on your heart with, with different congregations that will uh, engage in this uh, message, this is your moment. I would say that we must continue these healthy conversations without fear. It is so important what we're doing right now. You know, we have to face our fear. Um, I, I think often of Peter, you know, in that storm with the 12 disciples, all 12 of them, with, uh, and Jesus coming, you know, on the troubled water in the middle of the storm. The 11 chose to stay in that boat, but Peter got out and threw himself entirely in the middle of the storm. You know, Jesus says, it is I. Well, if it's you, bid me to come. I think it is the time for every one of us 
to be that Peter, that one out of, I don't know how many, 5,000, a million, however many that is, to throw ourselves wholly in the middle of the storm and to see Jesus face to face as we together walk with Jesus to make a difference, not only for ourselves, because it's no longer about us now, but about the generation that is coming after us. That's great. That's great. Well, we, we uh, again, just thank you so much for joining me in this conversation and for joining me in life together. I love you and uh, God bless you, Tammy. And I want to thank you too for journeying with me, encouraging me and accepted me just as I am. I love you, my sister. Thank you so much. Thanks, Pastor Tammy. Jesus went on to say this to his friends. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What does it mean to follow Jesus, to take up your cross? Well, for me, it, be it began a while ago when I was a child of accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That was many years ago. And then I grew in this relationship and there's been pitfalls along the way, certainly. But it's, it's about that daily deciding to follow Christ. And it's like what Pastor Tammy said, it's jumping into the stormy seas, right? Even in the midst of we're not sure where things are going, but we have faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Where are you in all that? My prayer as we move into this time of, of reopening church in person worship and, and moving to a new normal and, and dealing with the tough questions of racism in our own lives and in our churches and in our cultures is that we will jump into the stormy seas, that we will take up our cross daily and ask God to, to come and be a part of our daily lives, that we will follow Jesus. So I would encourage you to take that next step, grow closer to God, do whatever you need to do to follow more closely and have those tough conversations. Find those couple people where you can be really honest with and say the last 10%. It's been great to be with you this morning. May God bless you.